Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So since the joy of the Lord is my strength, Satan is out to take it from me, to drain it from me. When that happens in my life, the resulting lifestyle for a Christian, it'd be like you going in to have an oil change in your car. And they drain the old oil and put nothing in. Would you like to drive the car? There's, there's nothing going on there. I mean, nothing good is going to happen when the joy is removed from our life. If happiness depends on the circumstances of life, you can guarantee that you're not always going to be happy. Day-to-day living produces countless opportunities for things to go wrong. During these roller coaster events, it's good to remember Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is completely dependent on God, and it's the result of a deep, settled confidence that He's in control of every aspect of your life. Listen in as Pastor Mark gives us a good dose of biblical medicine as he reminds us sin can hurt, God can help. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 22, with his continuing study entitled, A Good Dose of Medicine. Let's turn in our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 17. In a moment, we're going to teach this, the Word of God. What this says about you is 100% true. What this says it can do in your life is 100% correct. And if you will listen to the Word of God, And if you will obey what you learned tonight, you will never, you will never be the same again. Say it with me. I'll never be the same again. Say it like you mean it. That's exactly right. That's why we're here, to have God's word change our hearts together. We learned last week some important principles regarding how God designed for us to live. Look at Proverbs 17.22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Last week, we learned the difference between joy and happiness. For those of you who didn't get the tape, I'd encourage you to get that tape. Happiness depends on the circumstance of life. As things go up and down in our life, we're either happy or we're unhappy. But joy, unlike happiness, depends on God. It is a deep-seated confidence that whatever God is doing in my life, He's in control of it, 
and it doesn't matter really because I know his plan for me is good. So whatever's going on in my life, if I'm a Christian and walking with God, walking in the Spirit, walking after God, I can always have joy. Now often I can also have happiness. Joy and real... How many of you laughed more this week maybe than you have in a while? Let me see your hand. Good. Now, we also learned that real joy, real joy is only found in a living, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. Laughter, we learned also, from a heart that's genuine and cheerful, brings actual healing to our bodies. And the last thing we learned last week is real joy is a choice. It isn't like somebody forcing you to laugh. It's a choice that you and I make. Now turn to Proverbs 18.14. We also learned this, and this is incredibly important, and you'll see it tonight as we go through this teaching. Whatever's happening in our spiritual life affects us in the physical realm, in the emotional realm. So our spiritual condition affects what's happening with my physical well-being. Look at Proverbs 18:14. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. That word crushed there means broken, wounded, stricken. A crushed spirit refers to someone who is depressed, saddened, just without hope in their life. Now, how do we lose that joy? And what I want to talk to you tonight as we go through, and I'm going to give you five, six, seven, eight, just depends how much time I have as I go through tonight, things that come and steal our joy. Well, first of all, we have to be reminded who is behind the stealing of all our joy. And I have so much to go through tonight. John 10.10, 10, let's look at it. The thief comes, and the thief is Satan. He comes, circle that word in your Bible, only to steal our joy, to kill, and to destroy. So we have an enemy. If you're not a Christian tonight, then it doesn't really matter because you're already in Satan's camp and you're already his. But for every Christian, this is the goal of Satan in our lives. Now, as he comes into our life, he wants to steal our joy. Now, some of you might say, well, who, why would Satan care about my joy? What does he care about my joy? Well, here's why. The joy that God gives, he says in Nehemiah, is the strength of my life. So, Nehemiah, look at Nehemiah 10, it's on the overhead for The joy of the Lord is your strength. So since the joy of the Lord is my strength, Satan is out to take it from me, to drain it from me. When that happens in my life, the resulting lifestyle for a Christian, it'd be like you going in to have an oil change in your car. And they drain the old oil and put nothing in. Would you like to drive the car? There's, there's nothing going on there. I mean, nothing good is going to happen when the joy is removed from our life. The resulting lifestyle of a Christian whose joy has been drained at best is benign. We are incapable of doing what he wants in our life. So if you look at your life tonight, if you're a Christian, the way we have power in our lives, the way we change our world, the, the way 
that this joy works in our life, as you saw with Jesus, that it's infectious. It, it just causes people to come to us and be attracted to us. If we don't have that joy, then we really are not doing anything, not alone ourselves, but nothing for the kingdom of God. So Satan is always trying to steal my joy and your joy. Now, turn to Proverbs 15, 15. As you're turning there, we're going to talk tonight about a number of things, but one of the things we're going to address tonight is depression. Here's an interesting verse that Solomon gives us, Proverbs 15, 15. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Now, if you look at that verse, would you like A or B? Those of you who are depressed say, oh, A is wonderful. It's because we're not thinking correct. Seriously, people would pick that. A or B? Well, certainly B. Let's write this one down. Depression steals our joy. Now, depression, and I'm going to talk to you, not, not really in depth tonight, but from my pharmacy background, from my medical background. Depression comes from a Latin word simply that means to press down. You feel like somebody's just pressing you down. Now, let's be honest as we go through this. And it's a little bit of a sensitive subject. And I hope to that when I get through with it, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Every Christian suffers from depression from time to time. Minor, major, funky days, whatever. We all go through those days. There really isn't a person here that, I mean, you might be bubbly over forever, but down inside, you've been feeling that, that pressed down kind of thing. So we all have these little periods of time. Now, some people are born with a problem, and it's a hormonal problem. It's a problem by an imbalance from a receptor that we call serotonin. Now, if you're one of those individuals, and it's been proven medically for you, it's truly a chemical imbalance. And as though you would have diabetes and we give you insulin to correct that imbalance, so some people have this imbalance of the serotonin in their own bodies. So there are medical ways to treat those people that have this proven medical uh, problem with depression. And of course, there's many, many, many uh, antidepressants. And I look across here, there's like three or four pharmacists here tonight, four or five, I think. They can tell you all that. I'm out of that now. I can't remember how, Valium, whatever. It isn't even an antidepressant. I can't hardly remember anything anymore. I just remember this. Is that all right? All right. So you have to study that stuff to keep up with it. Don't, don't come to me. I'm going, don't definitely come to me. You come to me for this. That's about as good as I'm going to get. Now, there is no embarrassment, and you shouldn't feel any shame if you're diagnosed with that type of depression, it's just, that's the way I feel about it. That's the way I believe the Bible teaches. Because there are things in all of our bodies. For instance, some of us have high cholesterol. We watch our diet. We do everything we can. Some of you have high blood pressure. You've done everything you can and you still have high blood pressure. Now, certainly God could heal that. But in the meantime, certainly there are medicines to treat it. Treat cholesterol. I, I take one pill other than my vitamins, all I've ever taken. I don't have any problem with my heart other than I had that bypass surgery. So I take a half of a cholesterol pill. That's all I take. 
and my cholesterol, I got it back this week. My ratio is 3.1, which is great. It's awesome. So I take it. So I don't feel ashamed. You shouldn't feel ashamed. Now let me turn the corner. Because of our society, and I'll just say it as bluntly as I can, and kindly as I can, there are many other reasons to find ourselves depressed other than a chemical imbalance. And that's the area that I think we need to address tonight. And I'm going to give you some of those. So if, if you and I truly don't have a, a chemical imbalance, other than for a, maybe being put on something for a short little period of time, I believe God has many other ways to handle depression than antidepressants. And here's just let me say it as honestly as I know how to say it. I believe we have way too many people put on antidepressants. When you go to the doctor, how are you feeling? Good, put you on one. No, not everybody, but that's the way we are. We have Prozac for our dogs. That's correct. Now, I know every dog is crazy. And every cat, I mean, they have to be. They live with us. They're always waiting for their food. I'd get depressed too. What am I going to get today? You, you know, whatever. So what I'm saying is when we come to some of these things that have nothing to do with the chem, if, again, if you're on it tonight and you're on it for a valid reason or for this short period of time, perfectly fine. Relax. But there are other ways to treat Depression, then I'm going to say to you tonight, there are other ways to treat that are not really from a chemical imbalance. I call it self-induced depression. Now you say, well, what do you mean? I'm causing it? Well, I believe we allowed Satan to cause it. Not the chemical type, and I'll go through these. Now, let me give you the first one. Stress steals our joy. Stress steals our joy. Let me ask you a question, see if you can guess. What percentage of doctor visits, people going to the doctor because of stress-related conditions? Let me give you four figures. You tell me. In other words, what percentage of people who go to the doctor and when they're all through, it wasn't anything physical, it was because of stress? 10%? 30%? 50%? Or 75%? All of us that said 75, we also go to the doctor for stress. 73 quarters of doctor visits are due to stress. Now that's part of a depression that, who's bringing that on? You say, well, my boss. <laughs> no, it isn't your boss. Do you know what the cause of that is for many of us? Too many things on our plate. Too little direction from God on to what to accomplish. Now, there isn't anybody that works here in this building. I don't care what place you come from. My wife's a nurse. I used to be a pharmacist. Every place we work today, this is just the way our world is. There's more to do at the end of the day than you started with. Do you know what I mean? You go home and you go, I'm behind from yesterday and I work like crazy. It doesn't matter what it is. That's just the way our world is. Of course, the computers made it easier. I love computers. But, but, but see what's happened. We've added and we've added and we've added and no time. Remember, Jesus said this. God set it up six and one. Six days shall you work, one rest. We don't do too good with that. One rest. So 
And I'm speaking to myself because I'm the same way. You ought to see me all day today. I started at 5 a.m. this morning. Your days are just like that. So we have to be careful because if we get down stress-wise, by the way, I'm fine. Because I'm kind of used to it. No, I, I do rest. My wife saw me today with my feet up for a half hour. She couldn't believe it. She had to sit down almost. I put my feet up and I said, man, I'm dead here. Let's rest. But see, if we don't take care of that, that will add to something else and often show itself in depression. Turn to Psalm 32. Here's the next one. Now, this will sound strange to you, but you've got to see how foolish we are when it comes to this one. The next thing that steals our joy and can bring great depression is sin or carnality in our own life. Write it down. Sin or carnality in our own life. Psalm 32.3. Now, let me bring you up to speed where we're at. David, a year before, had committed adultery and then murder to cover up the adultery. And he lived with that sin one year. Nobody really outside knew what was happening. He took it all in. Bathsheba, his wife, knew, but nobody else really knew except God. Now, when we sin and we're in carnality and we do not ask forgiveness, when God points it out to us, that sin finds its roots in our lives and it begins to move toward our mind. And depression results. Now, look at what he says. Look how it affected David. David says this, When I kept silent about my sin, what happened? My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Do you remember we just read, if you've got a crushed heart, it's all day. What's he saying? Every morning he got up and God was saying to him, it's time to confess. It's time to get it right. Would you like to have a little joy today? David, would you like to be happy today? No. He just refused. So every day, and we look at David and say, well, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with us? Look at the next verse. For day and night, your hand, this is God's hand, and God's hand didn't come down and press on his head, but he had this feeling, and notice what he describes. What did I tell you the Latin word meant? Pressed what? Look what he says. For night and day, your hand was heavy on me. I'm pressed down. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Not only did the strength go, but his joy went. So notice, well, why would God's hand be heavy on David? One reason. He wanted David to confess. You see, at the end of tonight's teaching, there'll be a number of areas where God will speak to you. This could be one. And I'm going to ask you at the end of tonight's service, if there's a sin that God has already brought to your heart right now, that you just get ready to confess it. And you know when you leave tonight, the joy of the Lord will return. That simple, but we're that stubborn sometimes. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name it. That's between you and God. That's not important. But when we do that, we, we just feel pressed down. It happens in our lives. Now, joy is related to obedience to God's Word. That's why we teach the Word of God. Now, I put some verses on the overhead for you. 
so that you'll see this in John 15. And when, when you see this obedience, I want you to see what Jesus is trying to say to us. John 15.10. Let's turn to it. John 15.10. Keep your finger right there. I want you to see this because right by this, just write the word joy comes from obedience. John 15.10. We'll be back. Keep your finger right there where you were in Psalm because we'll flip right back. Look at John 15.10. Jesus speaking. Notice he starts with an if. He says this. If you obey my suggestions. No. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I obeyed, I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. So if I have, I remain in that relationship with God. If I obey his word, and, and that's all God was trying to say to David. David, you need to confess your sin. If you'll do it. Guess what will happen? Well, look at verse 11. Jesus said, no, I told you this. In other words, to obey God's commands, my commands. I told you this so you might have a miserable life having to obey God. See, a lot of us think that. I don't want to come back to church. Because if I come to church, i got to obey God. And if you obey God, it's a miserable life. That's another lie from Satan. Notice what it says. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete or another word would be full the way you know a person's joy is full is that their sins at this point have been forgiven see it affects me physically it affects me emotionally and it affects me spiritually now turn back where you were in Psalm 32 we know David does confess. He finally owns up to what he did. Look in verse 2. Look at the first word, then. So he got fed up. Psalm 32. He got fed up feeling miserable after a year. He said, then I acknowledge my sin to you. Now why would he acknowledge his sin to God? All sin is basically against God. See, it isn't just against another person. Sometimes it is, and we have to ask their forgiveness. But at the core of sin, it's against God. So David said, I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, it was a choice, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And look what happens. And you then forgave the guilt of my sin. So when I confess to God and mean it, God forgives. Well, after that happens, what takes place? We'll look back in verse 1 and 2. Same chapter. Blessed, David starts. Blessed, another word you can put there is happy or hilarious. You got it? Blessed is he or she whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Verse 2. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Today, Pastor Mark shared that the effectiveness of a Christian whose joy has been drained is benign at best. What this means is we've become incapable of doing what God wants to do in and through our life. We learned the inability to find joy in your circumstance is usually the result of unconfessed sin. Remember, if you're going to ever do life right, you need to recognize this problem and get right with God. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4031, and the title of this message is A Good Dose of Medicine, Part 2. Again, today's message number is 4031, and the title of this message is A Good Dose of Medicine, Part 2. Right after a great spiritual victory, when we're riding high, is when Satan usually attacks. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll get to know a little bit about the prophet Elijah, who had great victory over some very evil people. God really showed up, so why does this great man of God cave? Literally when Satan really shows up as well. We've come, <clears throat> we've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here